Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But um, I was, you know, investing um, pretty much as soon as I started working. Started working a full-time job, so... Yeah, so I, I was living this secret double life and I was like, if I wasn't doing psychology, what would I be doing, right? I knew I loved property, so it had to be probably something in the real estate sort of thing. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with Justin Zhu, the founder of GG Loans. The gaming enthusiast owns six properties by 35 years old and even though life is now on pay-to-play mode, he's happily leveling up. He shares the impact he had on young minds in his previous career and the impact a colleague had on him that ultimately changed his life. Based in Sydney but working with clients across Australia, Zeus learned a lot over the past 10 years of investing. His main aim is to help first-time and established investors and homeowners which means that his days are as varied now as they were in his previous career. Most days can be quite dynamic uh, depending on what's going on but I think on a broad sort of point of view, I think the main thing is we help empower our clients uh, to solve some of life's biggest problems. Right. Um, with the main one being, you know, figuring out a place, you know, to live and raise their kids or, or you know, or their fur kids and to grow their wealth so that they have the time uh, to do what makes them happy. Um, you know, oftentimes it's, you know, we look at where clients are right now, uh, where they want to go, and then we map out the, the journey and the potential options uh, that can help get them there. Um, besides that, you know, I, I love property. So always talking to people in property, whether that's investors or, you know, other sort of brokers and bankers and stuff like that, just to stay on top of what's going on in the, in the industry and to make sure that, you know, we have the best sort of things for our clients. Zhu's wife and four-year-old son motivated him to do all he can both at home and at work. So I have one son, I have an amazing wife um, who uh, she uh, works at a big uh, IT company and very well known and, and she works in, uh, she's a lawyer, uh, trained as a lawyer and, um, and yeah, I, they are like my two sort of guiding lights and they, you know, inspire, motivate me to do what I do um, and get up every day. Um, it's, it's really for, for, for them. He grew up in Campsie in Sydney's southwest. While he had some less than stellar experiences there, he can see how it helped shape him into who he is. When I was growing up, certainly, it definitely wasn't the highest socioeconomic sort of area. Um, I remember my parents, uh, you know, coming here as migrants to Australia. Uh, you know, mom was a uh, physics teacher and my dad was an engineer. Um, but they both did, you know, blue collar sort of work um, when they both came here. And, you know, we started out in Campsie and in 10 years, we moved five times. Every time it was in Campsie, right? 
um, yeah, so you could say that I'm the CEO of KFC when I was growing up. And sometimes I still go back, uh, well, I go back quite regularly to see my parents. Um, and, you know, the main thing, you know, they're still in KFC. Um, the, the main thing is, you know, when I was growing up, right, it was very different. I remember um, we were renting and then one of the places we were in, um, we got robbed twice in the same place in the same year. And I remember I was like five or six and I came home one day and I remember, you know, like everything was a mess. So I remember like, um, I, I think when my mom, you know, uh, she walked through the door and I was like, oh, mom, you know, are, are we moving, you know? are we moving like you know and she's like no what do you mean i'm like oh how come you know all the clothes are strewn out everywhere all the furniture's like you know upended and stuff like that um and then yeah she was like oh yeah i mean she figured out that yeah we got robbed (laughs) so yeah it wasn't definitely the best area but but you know certainly i think um uh growing up there you know i i you know learned so much about you know um people and, and and you know dealing with you know a whole wide range of people and and you know i think there's absolutely amazing people that you know um i grew up with and went to school with and and, and so on so you know um i think these days like you said yeah it, it's much better than before he went to campsie public school and canterbury boys school until he finished year 10 where his mum had other plans for him and then, you know, with our culture, you know, um, my mom, you know, was like, hey, you should go to selective school. <laughs> I was like, I should. Um, so I ended up sitting the selective high school test, uh, I think in year, year 10, yeah. And then I uh, went into uh, Sydney Tech um, uh, to uh, finish off my high school in year 11 and 12. Looking back, it was, I, I'm not sure, you know, maybe it was the right decision, maybe it wasn't, because um, I, I, I you know, grew up with these, uh, my friends in year 7 to 10 and, you know, build a really good, you know, friendship with them. So, um, yeah, so it was a bit, um, a bit of a, you know, uh, disconnect, you know, moving to a different school. Uh, luckily, I knew a couple of people there um, and, you know, started to make friends there. So, uh, I mean, the biggest difference was, you know, being a selective school um, surrounded by, you know, uh, 90% Asians, I think. Um, it was, you know, a, a, a very com- um, competitive sort of school. Um and back then, I think, you know, back then we were doing quite well, you know. Um, I think HSC ranking-wise, we were definitely top 20, maybe top 15 or top 10 even. Um, these days, I've had a look. <laughs> We've really fallen down the ranks. I don't know what happened. Um, but, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a very competitive environment at, at, at Sydney Tech being a selective school. But, um, but you know, you, you learn from it, you grow from it. And, and, yeah, I can't say, you know, I have any regrets going there. Selective schools typically start at year 7 but Zhu had to wait thanks to a mistake any 12-year-old could make. I do remember I think sitting the test for year 7 um, and then you know um, I remember um, I, you know I made a big mistake during the test where you know you're supposed to fill out the answers in this you know the dotted whatever form you know, meant to circle them and I bloody answered the questions on the actual question form. <laughs> I still remember that was like a traumatic experience for me until one of the supervisors came over and was like you know you're mentoring us you know putting your answers in these sort of questions i'm like oh no so um yeah so i think that that contributed to a big reason why i didn't get into selective in year seven despite the hiccup he finished high school as planned straight after high school actually um i mean uh, two things so i went um into work i went into working part-time and you know a lot of my friends were like you know um you know it's very you know 
popular to kind of you know go to schoolies or go traveling and stuff like that um but growing up and, and as i did you know i think you know i wanted to you know get, get ahead as, as much as i can so um yeah i started working uh, at a cafe that my friend was also working at um so um i still remember you know it was at this cafe at the airport and you know doing airport hours i had to get up at bloody i think 3 a.m to go open at 5 a.m um and i remember yeah i was getting paid something like you know, ridiculously low as well. So, um, but it was it was a really good you know sort of you know first sort of uh, work experience you can say and um, and, and def- definitely you know you know helped me you know kind of get my foot in the door of getting a job because you know you need to get a job to get another job. So yeah, and then I I guess um, in terms of studying, I um, applied and then got accepted into uh, doing a you know bachelor of science majoring in psychology um, at Sydney University. While his parents' first choices for him looked more like doctor or lawyer, he was determined to break the mould. I think when I first got into it, I mean, it was more like, you know, when you finish HSC, you know, you have all these options, right? <laughs> and then, and, and but then not really because your parents, you know, <laughs> being from Asian background, they, they, they love to, you know, kind of, you know, prod you down the, you know, doctor, lawyer or sort of um, finance sort of route, right? And... Um, and, and yeah, so, but I think back then it just didn't, those sort of fields didn't really uh, interest me as much. You know, I was really, um, I don't know, I just had this, this natural sort of curiosity about how minds work, you know, um, you know, how, how do you read someone else's mind, you know? <laughs> do, do, do a psychology degree, said no one ever, right? <laughs> but um, so, you know, it was, it was really interesting. It's something different and alternate, I, I guess, to the, your sort of more mainstream sort of things. Um, definitely out of all my friends, um, at that time, I was the only one that ended up doing, uh, yeah, a, a psychology degree. So, um, but I, you know, it was, I, I thought it was absolutely amazing. It helped set me up, you know, in terms of relating to other people, being able to understand, you know, how the brain works, how emotions work and, and I guess why we function the way we do, I guess. <laughs> I think the basic principles are, are, are pretty straightforward. And, you know, even if you spend a couple of hours understanding yourself, you know, because I think we're often our own worst sort of enemy. Um, so I think, you know, understanding that in itself is, is, is a huge sort of, um, you know, bonus. He enjoyed his time at Sydney University, even with having to fight with words to defend its honour. It was great. It was um, one of those experiences that, you know, I mean, um, you always have this competition between, you know, Sydney Uni, UNSW and maybe UTS. Um, but, um, you know, so, so there was all this sort of competitive com- camaraderie between my friends and I, you know, some who went to New South. And, um, but in general, you know, um, the uni experience, I think, uh, I remember doing, because I was doing a Bachelor of Science, um, uh, you know, they, okay, some positives was like I met a lot of really, really great people and obviously, you know, really beautiful campus. Um, and, and on the flip side, you know, we had, 8 a.m. math lectures, Monday to Friday or something like that. Looking back, I'm like, who on earth devised that timetable? Because it was literal torture. And I I think like I attended maybe for like a month or six weeks. And then I started dropping out like a lot of the classes because it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was then that he discovered World of Warcraft. I remember um, I enjoyed like, you know, the PVE and the PVP part of it. So I think being a naturally... Uh, sort of competitive sort of person I, I you know um yeah I just got really into it and I think my claim to fame was um 
Um, I think when arenas were out and stuff like that, uh, I think we ended up at the, uh, the one of the top, uh, I think number one on our you know um, server, two v two team, yeah, a rogue mage. So, <laughs> so that's my claim to fame. But um, but yeah, I think um, my my marks definitely suffered as, as a result. Um, so yeah, I think um, I managed you know uh, to catch back up in maybe like third or fourth year. But yeah, first couple of years was a bit of like yeah, minority uni, majority gaming. <laughs> Coming up after the break, he gives props to those working in certain fields. So it's a lot that you're doing, but um, but I think the work that you do there, you know, it's super meaningful. Explains how his company name came about. I think there's there's there's, there's two sort of meanings. He divulges where he bought his first property and why. So my parents are like, why not just buy in camps? Yeah. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sharm, and you're listening to Property Investory. Playing World of Warcraft was more than just a hobby for Zoo. Although most people think of it as nothing more than a game, he found that it taught him a lot about real life. I think later on in my career, you know, I ended up working in schools and stuff like that. So, and I'm, I'm talking to those people. It's almost like talking to my past self, you know, they're like, dude, the HSC is important, yet yeah, do your best. But really, who, who talks about their ATAR like after they, they, they finish high school? Like literally no one. No one asked me at uni. I was like, why was I stressing out all that time for, you know? So yeah, I, I can completely relate to that, yeah. Your school time, your first 18 years, it's like it's like your demo, you know, in a game, it's your demo. <laughs> free to play, free to play, right? <laughs> you pass 18, you pass, you 12, mate. <laughs> welcome to taxes, welcome to, you know, uh, you know, jobs and real life and stuff like that. It's all pay to play from there. In his welcome to jobs in real life, he tried his hand on several different roles. I was working whilst I was at uni. So um, I did, you know, cafe job. I worked at um, a computer shop. I worked all sorts of sort of odd. Oh, I did a medical receptionist job for a couple of years um, and then um, ended up, uh, I think, um, I even worked in Centrelink. <laughs> you know, bloody hell, I worked in Centrelink. Um, and, and the reason I say that, I just read on the news someone got stabbed at Centrelink. So that, that just reminded me, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I do remember that. that. That wasn't the best sort of clientele sometimes you see that. Um, but then, yeah, eventually I, um, I did my registration um, as a psychologist and got my registration. So got my big boy piece of paper. And, um, and yeah, I started working uh, in NGOs and in uh, private clinical practice. We definitely need more psychologists in the field. Um, it doesn't help that I've kind of transitioned out. But, you know, I think, you know, you, you definitely need more in the field. And, and yeah, it's, it, it's a long journey. It's like um, four years undergrad, two years postgrad. And then you got like now I think two years of supervision postgrad. So it's like eight year degree. And, um, yeah, so it's a lot that you're doing. But, um, but I think the work that you do there, you know, it's super meaningful. Um, and, you know, I think you know, getting to help people at their lowest often and or being able to help people who, you know, are, are you know, traveling okay, but, you know, just need to take it to the next level. I thought, you know, it was a very, one of the most rewarding jobs that I had. Yeah. His current career as a mortgage broker is worlds away from his time as a psychologist. As a result, it's something he's asked about often. 
I worked uh, for about just over ten years, maybe eleven years, um, as a psychologist, and um, and you know, I you know, I think the value of helping people and empowering others was always um, my 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 sort of why, you know, in terms of um, you know doing the job, and you know, I think I had some really amazing experiences along the way. Um, you know, I worked in, like I said, uh, I worked in some schools later on in, in my career and, you know, some very well-known schools like Knox Grammar. Um, and, you know, I learned so much from from from, from that experience. Um, at the same time, though, after, you know, 10 years, um, you know, I think it was a long time listening to other people's sort of problems and stuff like that. Um, and also I was, you know, on the side, I was living this secret double life, right? And... You know, most people think, oh, you know, what's the sort of, um, you know, what's the drama there? But um, I was, you know, investing um, pretty much as soon as I started working. So, like, I started working a full-time job. So, yeah, so I, I was living this secret double life and I was like, you know, I wonder what, you know, you know, if I wasn't doing psychology, what would I be doing, right? And I, I knew I loved property, so it had to be probably something in the real estate sort of thing, right? Um and and then so uh, you know it was very funny. I ended up talking to uh, my mortgage broker, right, who helped me, you know, along the journey. And and um, yeah, and I was like, I was sussing out the options. You know, at one point I was like, buyer's agent. But then I was like, no, nah, I don't. Didn't really like that process of trying to sell someone something essentially. Um, so um, yeah, I got into um, after talking to my broker. You know, I got into um, you know knowing what he had built up and how he did it and you know, how he had helped me. Like I wouldn't be, uh, my portfolio wouldn't be where it is today without him helping me. So I decided that, you know, I was sold. I was sold. Right. Um, and, and yeah, and, and coincidentally, you know, he, he had a, um, you know, Michael, he had a, you know, spot that opened up at, at, at his, um, you know, where he was working at his company. So, you know, I did my internship there and then, you know, really great people amazing team um there as well and then so yeah uh, at the end of internship um decided to go you know what this is for me now i'm gonna hop out and you know you know you know balls to the wall get in there and 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 and, and shoot for the moon remain loyal to his gaming roots once he started his mortgage broken company, he knew exactly what to call it. I think there's there's, there's, there's two sort of meanings. Um, first, uh, GG stands for great people, genuine loans, right? So um, I want to build a business and, and want to work with great people, right? And um, at the same time, um, uh, sorry, uh, great loans. Um, so, you know, want the loans to, you know, work for your goals and, and be, you know, matched up to what you want out of it, right? And... Um, with you know genuine people i think i'm a genuine person and i like to build up a team and work with people who are genuine and that's our sort of you know values right you can say um but of course you know the funniest side is you know the gg is what you type in after a good game right and so um, i think you know for for people who do have play games out there you know um that's my more sort of uh, you know, nerdy, a geeky side coming out, right? So that that's yeah, GG. You know, we say that to our friends all the time. You know, oh, GG, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's good, GG. Yeah. A whole wave of people chopped and changed careers during COVID nineteen. So Zoo wasn't afraid to join them. And I think the main thing was, you know, just being able to help people. That was my main sort of why. And and so I remember, you know, talking about it with my wife, and she was like, 
what you're gonna cut your income by like more than 50 <laughs> percent so i'm like yeah but like you know we, we've i think we've built up our you know portfolio to a place where um where i think you know we, we could make that sort of a move and and if it wasn't for property investing i I probably couldn't make that sort of a move. I probably would have, you know, had to keep on, you know, you know, doing what I was doing. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, like nothing wrong with that. But I think it gives you the options of of, of investing. But yeah, it was a huge change, and um, I think no one. I mean, yeah, no, no one really. I I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. It was just like, it was just like, yeah, cause talking to my broker. I was like, oh, hey, what else could I do? I was like, oh, hey, have you thought about mortgage? I'm like, whoa. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And um, so, yeah, that, that, that's how it really yeah, came, came about. The switch to become a mortgage broker happened in the second half of 2022 when he had just picked up his sixth property. I remember, yeah, like talking to, to Michael and, and making those changes and then, yeah, handing in my resignation and um, <laughs> you know, they were like, you're going to be a what? <laughs> and then because, you know, I, I never really told certainly not colleagues, you know, maybe a close few friends that, you know, I was investing all these years um, and investing in property. Um, and so, you know, I think for, yeah, a lot of people who, 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 who then I didn't share that with, you know, um, you know, it was, a, it was a big shock. It was a very big shock, yeah. He's been investing since he started working but despite his strong ties to Campsy, he didn't start there. I remember I was doing my internship as a psychologist. I think that's when we uh, bought our first property. Um, it was an own-occupy apartment. Um, but yeah, so we um, we bought it because, yeah, it was just like close to close to where I was working. But um, yeah, so I was on, I'm pretty sure I was on like something like 60, 65 grand a year. Um, obviously, I, I bought it, bought that with my uh, with my then girlfriend, now wife. Um, but yeah, like so yeah, that, that, that's how I got started. So my parents were like, why not just buy in camps? And I was like, well, no offense, I've been here for like 24, five years, you know, I'm, I'm ready, right? Um, and I'll actually, I remember I moved out already with my yeah, with my girlfriend back then um, to kind of, you know, uh, test the water. So we're out at Walleye Creek and then, and then, so that gave me the thing that was like, oh, I can, you know, there are places other than Campsy to live in, you know? And, and you can survive and, and do okay. So, yeah, so we ended up buying um, in Zetland because uh, I was working in Rosebury and my wife, uh, girlfriend back then, was working in uh, in the city. So Zetland, uh, I think for the viewers who, you know, audience that, that don't know, it's like this sort of inner south sort of suburb, very close to the CBD. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it's very happening these days, uh, like, amazing but when i was moved when i was moving in it was just like there was nothing there it was just like a couple of apartments a lot of warehouses there was no calls there was no like um the, the shopping center whatever that's there wasn't there so but it was close to work you know five minutes drive so that that was really really good zetland green square rosebury um waterloo it's like crazy like yeah like the, it's so dense there now um and then, yeah, so it's very, very much changed since when we first, first bought there in like 2013. Yeah. His portfolio contains five investment properties plus his principal place of residence. I haven't purchased uh, any since 2022. Um, yeah, so we uh, our last two purchases was in 2022. And since then, it's just been sitting um, on, 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 on the sidelines and, and watching because some of those areas really went up quite, 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 you know, quite a lot. So, um, you know. If a great deal comes along, I'm not going to say no, but I think for now, yeah, it's just really sitting back and but helping other sort of investors, um, you know, get in there and, and, and do it right. 
our own occupier is uh, in North Ride, and then we have uh, three investment properties in uh, in Logan in Queensland, and then um, two in Perth. We're all fully detached houses, yeah. Bought our place first in Zetland and then, uh, you know, lived there. And then um, it was pretty crazy because, um, uh, you know, between that and the first investment property, you know, I uh, met um, I, I, I met a colleague at work. Um, her name's Meryn, call her Mez. And, um, you know, I remember talking to her and, you know, she she was like, you know, I, I don't know why I had the conversation started, but somehow, she, you know, I learned that, you know, she had six properties, right? Um, one yeah, I was like, what? Like, we just bought one, but like, how? Like, you know, and she wasn't that much older than me, like, you know, and she was in the same field as me. So it's not like she was working like 10, had 10 times my income or anything like that, right? So, um, yeah, so she taught me so much. Uh, she, she, I guess, was my first mentor, you can say, and, and taught me, you know, about property and, and, and whatnot. So, um, and, and yeah, that's how we ended up, you know, um, later on, I, you know, talked to my uh, broker and, you know, we, um, I think we, so because Zetland started getting built up and stuff like that, the price started going up. So <laughs> I guess we got kind of lucky, you know, to a certain degree, um, and, you know, it was gentrifying and all these shops were coming up. So, yeah, we ended up tapping some equity and, and getting into our first property um, in, in, in Logan. Justin Zhu's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. He shares his thoughts on retirement. And then I think the reality was talking to people. The story no investor wants to be able to tell. I think the most recent one um, in terms of like uh, a horror story you can say um, was, um, so we had this property, uh, we have this property. He shares the two main concepts everybody should have a good understanding of before they start investing. I think if you understand these two sort of concepts, right? Um, as, as if you're starting out or you, you know, you know, thinking about investing, I think those two things are very, uh, you know, golden. And that's next time on Property Investory. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.